Welcome to Women of the Military Podcast, A Girl's Guide to Military Service, sponsored by Women Veterans Alliance. This week is launch day for A Girl's Guide to Military Service, and I wanted to end the series by talking about the book and how it came to be. And I wasn't really sure how to do this, but then I reached out to my friend Trish, who is a sponsor of the series, Photography by Trish Allegri-Smith, and she graciously offered to interview me to learn more about the writing process, more about the book, and more about who the book is for and why I wrote it. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you and to talk a little bit more about all the years of hard work that came to this point of getting the book out to the world. And I'm excited to share it with you and I can't wait to hear what people have to say when they start reading it. So let's dive into this interview after a quick word from our sponsor, Women Veterans Alliance. Thank you to our title sponsor, Women Veteran Alliance. Women Veteran Alliance is the premier national network focused on directly impacting the quality of life of women veterans. They do this successfully through transforming the way the community networks bring people and programs directly together. Women Veteran Alliance provides weekly webinars, conferences, scholarships for veteran businesses, and more. Check out their membership options and learn how you can be involved in connecting with women veterans by heading over to their website at www.womenveteransalliance.org. But besides connecting women veterans, Women Veteran Alliance does so much more. Every other year in the fall, Women Veteran Alliance hosts their unconference with the goal of bringing women veterans together. I attended in 2021 and I had so much fun connecting with other women veterans and I can't wait until September of 2023 for the next one in Las Vegas. If you would like to learn more about the conference, head down to the show notes for a direct link. You can also find more about the unconference at www.womenveteransalliance.org. All right, Amanda, why did you decide to write a book about joining the military uh, specifically for girls, especially in middle school and high school? I feel like it was kind of an accident, but also definitely on purpose because I was trying to figure out how to help women as they transitioned out of the military. And I met with Kristen Smith from Blog Your Genius, and we were talking about how If you can help someone as early in the process of starting their blog, the more resources and the more help you can give them. And so when we took that concept to transitioning out of the military, we kept going back. Like when they first start thinking about leaving or when they're six months out from leaving or when they're halfway through the end, like the farther we went back, the more we realized that there needed to be a resource from when they started looking into the military building resources on it so that it would help them throughout their career and better prepare them for transition. When I think of going back to, you know, as as soon as they're starting to ask about joining the military, I think about specifically junior ROTC programs that are offered in high school. You may not see it in middle school yet, but they're they're aware that they're going to be there in, in high school. Did you think about that at all when you were writing the book or and writing this guide, Girls Guide to the Military? Or did you think about what the what types what exposure girls may have to those programs in schools and if what type of information they may be provided specifically that would help them join the military? 
I mean, they were on my mind because that is a group, but specifically, like, my avatar or who I was directly writing for was someone who had no military background and was, like, really overwhelmed and confused by the military. And so I, that was me when I joined the military. So I kept asking the question, what do I wish I would have known when I was joining? What would have helped make my career better? What would have made the experience better? What things do I know now that I think I should have known then that would have helped better protect me while serving in the military? Those were the questions that I kept asking over and over and over. And like, it is a really great guide for someone for who has like no military connection. And then also the someone who's doing junior ROTC or grew up in a military background because it gives more details and information and like more experiences from I guess my perspective and all the women that I've interviewed. And so that's neat that you go back and you're actually thinking through the questions that you had. So given that you're going to have to go back in your memory, how long did that take you to write the book? Because I'm sure there were lots of questions that you originally had and then questions that you had even as you were looking to join. And then I'm sure there were even more questions when you first joined. So thinking back through that, how long did it take you to write this? I've been working on this book since 2018, so a long time. Oh, wow, yeah. And I submitted my proposal to Elva Risa in July of 2020, and then I heard back in September, and then we started the process of like moving forward. But the process would have gone faster if, well, not that I messed up, but I was getting like really technical because maybe my engineering background but I was like giving like very minute details of like everything you need to know about like applying to an academy and like enlisting and like all these details and it was like so technical that like as policies and things change the book would not be relevant in like 10 years and so Elvarisa really helped me get away from being technical and being more like story driven and higher level experience like instead of going into the like minute details of like how the GI Bill works and all the things because the GI Bill can change we talked about education benefits as a whole and then I did the podcast interview with more details to provide more resources in a detailed manner but I had done a lot of work before I submitted the proposal like that's how I wrote the proposal but then Elvarisa kind of helped me essentially take a little bit but a lot of starting over and reworking the whole outlining and really digging deep into creating my avatar and figuring out who I was writing for and continually asking that question like what do you wish you would have known and so that that was a really long process it probably took me like six months after I met with Elvarisa just to get the outline restructured and then to do the writing. So I like how you talked about some of the challenges that you faced. Because I think a lot of people get discouraged when they realize how long it really does take to write a book and what you faced doing that. Were there other challenges that you had in writing this book? I think one of the biggest challenges is the fear of not getting everything right. Because, I mean, I served in the Air Force. I deployed with the Army. I know a little bit about the Navy, Coast Guard, and Marine Corps, and Space Force, but I don't know like what it's like to serve in those branches. And some of the resources that I looked on the internet weren't always exactly right. Or, you know, I would talk to someone, they would say something from their experience, and it wasn't, it was like a 
anomaly, not something that happens across the board. So like weeding through all the information and figuring out like what the truth was about each branch, making sure that it doesn't come off biased of like, you should join the Air Force and you should be an officer because that's not what the book's about. It's about making sure that it's presented on a level playing field. And it's really about the girl who's reading it, finding the right branch and the right career field and the right way to join, you know, all the different choices that you have to make and figuring out what's right for you and not figuring out what's right for Amanda. We already know because (laughs) I already did that, but it was really hard not to like say, this is what I think you should do. You know, like this is what worked for me because my situation is mine alone. And so getting all the information accurate and then making sure it was as unbiased as possible. Speaking to that, both the relevancy and then keeping it not biased, right? Get representing a, a wider field and trying to address the avatar that you've created, who you're writing this book for. Uh, did you go and ask help or ask uh, people who've already been on your podcast or people that were in your first book that you interviewed to get some advice and to maybe get their, um, their take? on what you were writing. I did get feedback on the branches that I didn't serve in to get information on like getting the most accurate information. And I use a lot of, I re-listened to podcast episodes and if I needed to, I went back, but most of the time I could get the information I needed just from listening to the podcast episode or I've read so many books by women veterans. Like on top of all the podcasts, I've also done a lot more research by reading stories that women have written. And so there was so much research done for the book. But yeah, I did reach out to people and get advice when needed because some of the things on the military are a little bit confusing. and. I want to make sure it's accurate and giving people the right information. With that and all the research that you did, did you learn anything about the military that you did not know before? I mean, yes, I learned so much about the military. I learned about different career fields that you could do. I learned, I mean, one of the branches that I knew the least about was the Coast Guard. And I'm not going to say I'm an expert on the Coast Guard, but it's like such a fascinating branch and there's so much opportunity for women and just different types of careers that you wouldn't even know about that I had no idea existed and just learning like how the retirement has changed because now it's not the 20 years it's the blended retirement and so I learned all kinds of things that have changed since I left the military and then things I didn't know because I only was in the Air Force. Now, what surprised you the most about things that you learned along the way? What surprised me the most was like how complicated the military is and like how confusing it is. I should know that, but when you get into the military community, you kind of speak this new language and you don't even realize that you're learning a new language while you're speaking it. And so I feel like it made so much more sense why there's such a disconnect between civilians and military people because trying to not militarize the stuff that I was writing was so challenging because how do you say this in a way that's not military that doesn't use like slang that the military would use and so I guess I learned a lot more about like the civilian military divide and like what the challenges are which is kind of totally unexpected. Oh I love that. 
I love that not only is this to help, you know, um, your your target audience, a girl who's thinking of joining the military, help her find the resources and help her decide for herself how she either, whether or not she wants to come in, but also how she wants to come in. But it also gives some insight. So for those who are just curious to know what it's like, to know kind of what what we're thinking, what we wish we, you know, we had known before joining. Now, given that, what was the main goal that you had when you were working on writing this book? It was really to help young women to go into the military and not know things. I think that a lot of the challenges women face in the military is because no one talks about military sexual trauma. And so for me personally, when I went in, no one ever talked about rape or assault. And the main thing people talked about was harassment and women were harassed a lot. And it was kind of just ignore it. But no one told me about like the dangers of what could happen if I was alone with someone who I'm supposed to be able to trust because they're my battle buddy. And so when I wrote this book, I really wanted to highlight some of those things, like the loneliness of being a woman, military sexual trauma, and things that would open up people's eyes of like what the reality of military is like. And that way they don't go in someone who's like with rose colored glasses or the grass is going to be so green and everything's going to be sunshine and roses. And it's not, it's a great career and it's, it pushes you and it makes you grow into someone that you are not before you join the military. But that doesn't mean that it's easy. And I think the more open and honest we can be about what the military is, the better it'll make the experience for women who are joining. So that was one of the driving factors. I like the idea of that balanced perspective, that there's so much to be said. There's so many great things that come with that career, that come with that way of life, that carry us, you know, once we leave uniform. But there's also things that shape that experience that aren't always good, but don't necessarily cripple us. But it would be great to know that, you know, what we're, you're about to walk into. So I liked, I liked having that balanced perspective. What topics were you not expecting to cover that you ended up writing about in the book? So my husband and I were having a conversation and he was telling one of his coworkers about my book and he was like, you know, she should make sure to cover finances and like how important it is to like start your career and and even focusing on like how beneficial the blended retirement system is for women because most women don't stay the full 20 years. So I added a whole chapter on finances that went from talking about retirement, but also talking about like, what do you do with your first paycheck? How do you build a budget? All these things that you need to know, but someone may not ever talk to you about. That's another like thing that people don't really talk about. Like, when I went to my first base, they kind of made fun of the lemon lot, which was where like all the young airmen had bought really expensive cars and now they were sitting in a parking lot because they couldn't afford it. So I talked about that in the book about if you're going to make a big purchase like a car, you can't just think about the payment. You have to think about insurance. You have to have money in case something happens and you have to have it repaired. You have to think of gas or electricity. All these factors that go into buying a car besides you know, like, I got this paycheck, I'm gonna spend it on a new car. And then, you know, you don't have the means to actually make the payment. So things like that, that was totally unexpected. And it happened because my husband 
talk to his coworker about my book, and then he gave me that idea. So speaking of that, that unexpected topic where somebody else had brought about brought that up, and you you're like that that's a great idea. We should actually talk about that. Do you also touch upon transition and how when you first join, that's something that you should start already. Uh, you know, from the from day one, because you're not sure when you're going to transition out, whether it's retirement or separation. Yes, that is a topic that we touch on, because that's something I'm also really passionate about, because I feel like the military pushed me to think that I had to serve 20 years, and that when I left at six years, I felt guilt for not staying for 20 years. And I've talked to other women who've had the same experience. So I think that you should start thinking about transitioning out of the military when you start thinking about joining. Like if you're joining because you want the GI Bill benefits so that you can get your degree paid for, then you should think about that the whole time you're serving. And like you can always change your mind. You can say, oh, I really like this and I'm going to use tuition assistance and I'm going to get my degree that way and I'm going to keep serving. But you shouldn't feel like I have to stay in because of like some sort of guilt or pressure. Like if you join for the benefits and you earn that benefit, then Start planning, like figure out what university, what degree you want to do, do all that research the whole time that you're in the military so that when it's time to transition, you're ready, especially if like a medical event happens and like you get kicked out, you know, within six months or less than when the injury happens, you have all those resources already ready in like a folder for when you transition. And so that is something that we talk about from the very first chapter when we're talking about pros and cons and then deciding if you should join the military. We talk about transitioning because you have to start thinking about when you're going to leave because everybody leaves the military at some point. So you need to think about what do you want? Why are you joining? And then when are you going to exit? And then you can always change it as your service happens. But it is something you should think about from day one. And that's great to that to hear because that's in you know it's amazing to hear how many people are so excited but they never plan on leaving and that's the I don't think anyone ever plans on leaving or they think they're going to leave at a certain point and that's not necessarily when they leave and and I find that that's as much of a challenge of figuring out how to plan for that or how to prepare for that as it was to join. So I'm, I like that that's covered and at least touched upon while you're doing, we're doing that. Now, what was your favorite chapter to write? And I haven't read the book yet, so th- I'm really excited. So my favorite chapter to write, I think it's kind of funny because I hated boot camp, but my favorite chapter to write was the boot camp chapter. And I wrote it and I sent it to some friends uh, to review it because I was in a writer group. And one of my friends made a really good point that I like totally miss fitness because that was the easy part for me. And I only <laughs> focus on the mental aspect. So that that goes back to like another chapter that I wrote. I wrote a chapter about fitness and basic training and about the mental aspect. And I really love how those two chapters turned out and like how important they are for me because I really didn't struggle with the fitness aspect but I really struggle with the mental aspect. And some people don't struggle with the mental, but they struggle with the... And so I like having them broken out into like two separate things instead of having it all combined in one um, and really dive into like how basic training is kind of its own monster for you and like what you struggle with might be different than someone else. And then talk about like how you can help people while you're in training. I just... I really enjoyed those two chapters because they were really fun to write and 
I was kind of like redemption <laughs> for my like really struggle through. I could use my real struggle through field training and I could use that information to write the book about someone who really struggled through field training, but then had a successful career in the military. And I like that. I know that you tried not to have most of the book entirely from your perspective. You wanted to make sure that you were giving a balanced perspective, making sure that there was information given to your target audience, um, to that girl that you you want, you're pretty much having a conversation with, right? Giving that um, the information that she would need to make the decision that's entirely her own. But I like that you didn't completely strip your personal experience from the book. Was there any other, you know, what you felt was very personal experience that you shared in the book that you felt that you had to keep in there that you would think would benefit somebody who was reading this? I'm trying to, there's so many edits and there's so many stories that like I put in and then, you know, didn't quite make the cut, but I don't know if it's in there. I can't remember, but I did talk about when I went through rollover training I think it's in there, but I don't know what chapter and how the first time I was like so terrified to do it. And like, then I got stuck. We got stuck upside down because you always get oh my stuck goodness. upside down. And um, I couldn't get out of my seat. And the airman in the front, no staff sergeant in the front of the vehicle is like, I can't get to you. You have to do it. And like those words were like the trigger that I needed to like push myself and unbuckle myself and get out of the vehicle but I that story was really important because I didn't believe in myself and like that taught me like when you believe in yourself you can do things that you think you can't but you have to like believe in yourself and like push yourself and then we did roll over again in Afghanistan and I had no issue they also didn't have us upside down they had us like kind of sideways but I wasn't scared to do it going in and I felt prepared and I was ready to face whatever challenge it was and so that was kind of a really eye-opening experience for my deployment that it's kind of weird with all the things that I experienced that that story is like really important to me but it was how I overcame something that really terrified me and then I was able to do it and that helped push me through the whole deployment. And I like that quote from the airman that was sitting in the front seat, I can't reach you, you need to do this yourself. Because that is the, it sums up that belief of how you believe in yourself is the, you don't give yourself any other option but to succeed because no one, you've got to help yourself. You, you're in the situation and you've got to do it. You have no other choice. That should be a quote that we put on something. (laughs) More merch to come. (laughs) Now that the book is getting released, what are you most excited about? I'm really excited to see how it helps young women who are considering joining the military and just for them to have a resource so that they can look into the military and seeing how like the perspective changes. Like there's a lot of problems with recruitment in the military. All branches are below numbers and the army is like one of the most vocal about how much they're struggling. And I think one of their main problems, in my opinion, is that they're not targeting women. There's no resources for women who want to join. There's no information about like what it's like to be a woman in the military. And so when you don't have information, you don't have resources, even someone who's interested will probably be like, well, that's probably not for me because there's no information that's directly targeted to me. And so I'm really excited to see like how this book will change 
the perspective of like, is the military right for me? Of course it is. There's a guide created just for me to join the military. And hopefully that can help change things and make the military stronger. And just to hear like how the information helped not only children, but parents, because I think it's a great resource for parents too, so that they're not so afraid to send their children into the military because they have this resource. So I'm just excited to see how it helps impact the military and how it changes the military for women. Do you think that would also be something that recruiters would be interested in? Because I know you talked about parents, you talked about people who are looking to join, but how about the folks that, you know, that that's their job is to actually recruit and, and retain people? Yeah, one of the conversations that my publisher and I had when we were first coming up with the book was that what the idea of the book was if if a girl came into a recruiter's office and was like, I'm thinking of joining the military, the recruiter could be like, read this book. It'll tell you everything you need to know. And then you can come back. But that way that they have this resource, because sometimes it can be intimidating to talk to a male recruiter. And it can also be intimidating. Like when I went to MEPS, when I was thinking about enlisting into the Air National Guard, my recruiter was a male and he didn't tell me about MEPS and like what I was, you know, about to experience. And so I talked about that in the book about like how you have to like strip down to your bra and underwear and how like you have to go into a room and have someone touch your private parts. And like, I was not ready for that at 17, 18 years old. And then all of a sudden it was happening. And so I think having this resource where you talk about periods and you talk about, you know, pregnancy and childbirth and being a mom and like all these things that men either don't think about or it makes them uncomfortable and then they don't want to talk about it. But you really need to talk about these things. And so I would love for it to be in every recruiting station across the country. So if anyone's listening and knows how to make that happen, just send me an email. I think recruiters need to read this. I think this will help them with their with how they speak to to girls and women who are interested in joining. So what was your biggest takeaway from your from this experience? Because I know this is not your first book. So for how how did this experience differ from that first book? Um, actually, for your first two books that you wrote in, um, how did this experience? How was it different? And what was your biggest takeaway? So the first book, Women of the Military, was like interviews, and I just edited them, and then I put it on Amazon, and I didn't get a lot of feedback. I just did it, and I think it's great that it's out there because it's like the podcast. It's something totally new and different, and there's like, at the time, there were like not very many stories of women veterans, and so I think that was really a cool thing to do, and I'm really glad that I started that way. But I also learned the value of having an editor and having a team of people. Like when they sent me the cover of my book, which I love, I and I didn't have to do, do anything. Like I just, they sent me an email and they're like, look at the design. And they sent me like three different designs and all I had to do was pick which one I liked the most. That was like amazing because I was like, oh, a team of people are like working to support me and like. We had editors and we countless edit- editing and even like the formation of the book, all the different conversations that I had with the publishing team 
really made this book a hundred times better than if I had just written it from the first draft and like had it go out and not done all those things and not gotten the support. I guess I learned that I like to do things alone and I like to do things like quickly and get it out there and take action. But sometimes it's better to have a team and it really can make the product so much better when you have a team of people working on it and a team of people providing feedback and making changes. And it was long and slow, but I'm really thankful that I had that support because the book is something that I'm really proud of and excited to get out there. And I love that concept of the team, because when I think of this book, A Girl's Guide to the Military, that's like bringing a team to that woman that's thinking of joining. The team that they don't necessarily have immediately to them, you know, that may not be their neighbor, they may not know who they can go to locally, but they have this book and it introduces them to all of these experiences all of this knowledge, all of these things that it's a collective. It's a collective of all different people's, all of our experience as women veterans put in there. Um, And I like that, that you can't do it by yourself. You can't just go and it's really difficult to find all of these things out by yourself, just like you found out as you're doing all this research that you just couldn't do this by yourself. But to have that, um, that guide to be that, that collective place where they can find that. Um, that's amazing. So is there one last thing that you want to, you would love to tell that girl, that woman looking to join the military that um, you wish you had known way back when that one thing um, that you wish that you had known that you want to leave them with? I think the thing I wish I would have known was that it was going to be really hard, but it was definitely worth it. And Looking back, my life has changed in like so many ways since joining the military. It's how I met my husband. It's how I got to see the world. Like it opened a door to what I'm doing today. And I, none of, none of that would have been possible if I had stayed in my hometown. I would probably be a civil, I don't even know if I'd been a civil engineer because I learned about that in the military. And so I'd probably be an accountant hating my life. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I was, I was going to be, I was going to get a degree in math and I didn't know about engineering. And so like it changed everything for my future and where I am today. And I'm just incredibly grateful. It was hard. There were a lot of challenges, but I wouldn't change it because it was such a life-changing experience. And I've met so many amazing people that I'm so glad that I did it. And that's probably why I'm so passionate about helping other people join the military, because I really think that it can open doors for your future and change your life. Thank you, Amanda, for giving me the opportunity to ask all of these questions, since I am I am so excited for this book. And I, you know, I have followed your podcast since the very beginning and followed your blog, and I was in your very first book. So I'm really excited to see how this comes. So thank you for um, answering these questions, doing this interview, and I can't wait to hear how the rest of your book tour goes. Thank you so much. I've really had a lot of fun talking with you and just thank you for all the ways you've supported the podcast and me 
Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I really hope that it helped you in your journey to the military. And if you want to learn more about joining the military, please check out my new book, A Girl's Guide to Military Service. And I'll have a link so you can pre-order in the show notes. And I also want to give another shout out to our sponsors for the series, Women Veteran Alliance, Jay Volbrecht Consulting, Garrett Sorensen with Markham Wealth, Photography by Trish Algrea-Smith, Serve Like Her, and Nomadies Collections. You can learn more about our sponsors at the Girl's Guide to the Military landing page, which I have linked to in the show notes where you can also find every episode from the series. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you'll come back next week.